Defilers of the Tombs, the story of Jonathan Jenkins. Are you one of the frightened? Laugh if you will, but this is not a tale of humor. Jenkins once thought it so. He does not now. Jenkins was like you, like so many of us, laughing off the ghostly, turning his back on superstitions, refusing to accept the voices that scream in the night. Listen closely. You don't want to end up like Jonathan Jenkins, do you? Jonathan Jenkins was an archaeologist whose main fascination in life was Egypt. The land of the pharaohs and the sphinx captured his imagination as no other ancient civilization ever had. So it was that when Jonathan Jenkins was delegated to lead an archaeological expedition into the vast sand surrounding the Nile, he poured himself into the task with a fervor that belied his 60 years. The historical societies of the world were not surprised when three short months later, the Jenkins expedition reported the greatest find since the opening of King Tut's tomb. Egyptology would take a giant step forward. Jenkins had uncovered what seemed to be a buried monument, tremendous in size, housing some of Egypt's oldest secrets. And then the world waited for more news, and terrible tales began to trickle out from the desert. The expedition had unearthed a stone door buried beneath the sands. The door had curious carvings and hieroglyphics. Jenkins' translation had been scholarly and precise. Defilers of the tombs of Egyptian kings sleep no more. It was the sort of warning archaeologists are accustomed to, but strange events began to pile up at an alarming rate. A junior member of the expedition suffocated to death when cut off from the rest of the party on a tour through the vaults. He had been trapped when a stone wall dropped behind him, sealing him off from help. Jenkins' colleague, Professor Artelli, died of scorpion poisoning when he picked up a curiously shaped scarab ring from its place in a tray of such objects. A hidden needle sprang out from a groove in the ring head when the professor's hand exerted pressure on it. Jenkins' wife, Theo, ran screaming from her tent one moon-cross night, shouting that she had seen a man who looked like a pharaoh walking around her bed. Common sense and civilized thinking did not help. All the deaths were explainable. The precautions the ancient Egyptians had taken against grave robbers had worked in the case of Professor Artelli and the junior member. But Jonathan Jenkins' wife was stark raving mad in a period of three days. The walking pharaoh vision had stayed with her, and now the camp was an awful place to be. One by one, the native guides stole off into the night, running away, never to return. And Jonathan Jenkins began to drink, drink heavily. The Egyptian sun and the curse were working. Soon, the camp was deserted, except for Jenkins, his wife, and the lonesome moaning of a jackal in the night. But the scholarly Jenkins stumbled into his tent to record for posterity the terrible story of the expedition. He reached for fool's cap and pen. The lantern swung off the table suddenly, and the wind howled. And standing in the tent opening was a tall, erect figure. Jenkins recognized the face instantly. It was the same graven image of the designs etched on the sarcophagus deep in the crypt below the hill. The figure beckoned with one imperious finger, and Jenkins followed, stumbling, falling, until he had reached the underground level of the inner main tomb.
the vault that housed the gigantic mummy case set on a dais in the center of the room. And then came the darkness and the awful chanting of voices long dead. After weeks of no word from the Jenkins expedition, an investigating party arrived at the camp. The tents were deserted. Down in the valley, wandering among the silent stone edifices thrusting out of the sand, they found Theo Jenkins babbling insanely, completely out of her mind. Pressing on into the main tomb, they found Jonathan Jenkins, lying in the great mummy case, arms folded across his chest, cerements wrapped about him in the ancient Egyptian way. He had been dead for days. And no trace has been found to this day of the mummy that once must have occupied that sarcophagus. Unless, of course, you choose to believe that the mummy case was never occupied in the first place. But come, why laugh at Egyptian curses? Unless you prefer to sleep no more.